Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day, live from the Toolkit Depot Studios at Optus Stadium. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yeah, it's great to have your company. Here we go, the start of another week. Welcome to Sports Day. And Steve Smith has just been dismissed. We've been watching him very closely. They went to the DRS. He's been given out LBW to Ellis for 66 of 33 balls. He was plundering, let me tell you, the Hobart Hurricanes attack. He hit uh, four fours and six sixes in his 32-ball stay. Out for 66. And as we know, Steve Smith and the Sydney Sixers after this match en route to Perth to take on the Perth Scorchers in what's going to be a big one. 4.15 on Saturday afternoon. And the winner of that final goes straight through to what is perceived the grand final of the BBL for season 2022-23. So it should be a beauty after what we saw yesterday. The Perth Scorchers doing what they needed to do at Optus Stadium, winning by 10 runs. Uh, But Aaron Finch certainly at uh, a certain stage made uh, the Scorchers players and maybe supporters feel a bit uneasy as they approach that victory target of 212. As you know, the Scorchers won by 10 points. And that's certainly uh, a big topic of the day. The hot topic is they're talking about the Perth Scorchers. Brought to us by our friends at Repco for expert car service. Book into your local Repco authorised service centre. When you look at the Perth Scorchers, and we'll be speaking to Kate Harvey, the whacker head of performance uh, in a little while. And I had a chat to him today about the enormous faith in local talent. Okay, they've had a couple of international players, Faf Duplessis and Adam Lythe. Both have gone back, uh, or certainly Faf to compete in his hometown uh, T20 competition in South Africa. But really, when you look at it, and of course, Steve Eskenazi came in, who is a dual citizen. He's got an Australian passport and a British passport. His parents still live here. He plays club cricket for Claremont, Netherlands. But I'm going to talk to Kate Harvey about the reliance and the investment in WA cricket. I think outside the Brisbane heat, who'd be pretty close to the Perth Scorchers. Very much their makeup in the BBL 12 is made up of local talent. But really, that's been the philosophy of the Perth Scorchers uh, right through their campaign. And maybe that is the secret on why they've been so successful. Already four BBL championships and a chance to make it five if they are successful. But uh, one step at a time, as they say. And the first stepping stone is to make the direct route through to the decider being the grand final in the BBL. So we're all looking forward to that. And Kate Harvey's going to join us uh, very shortly here on the program. Also, later in the show, we'll be speaking to a gentleman who was the big recruit in the January transfer window, Adam Taggart. 
It's his second coming at the Perth Glory. He started on the bench in the match against what Tony Sage, the chairman owner of the Perth Glory, flagged as Glory's B-side. Because when you look at the players in the Melbourne Victory lineup, there was a heck of a lot of former players that wore purple for the Perth Glory uh, and now ended up at the Melbourne Victory, including the coach of the Victory currently, Tony Popovich, who took the glory to their greater success, winning the Premier's Plate and the A-League Grand Final in his tenure here. Unfortunately, they were beaten on penalties by Sydney FC. Tony Popovich was back in Perth. He was at Macedonia Park on Saturday night, 7.30 kickoff, and uh, it was the Perth glory who stood between uh, them and maybe getting off the bottom of the A-League table because that's where the Melbourne victory are currently, currently positioned. But uh, a 3-1 win. It was 1-0 glory, 1-all. The Melbourne victory got it back to level pegging. Then Adam Taggart stepped up in the second half after coming off the substitutes bench. No doubt always the plan was for limited game time in his first match back. And he put a brace away. Two goals that gave the glory the three points. So we'll be speaking to Adam Taggart a bit later on. But I must admit, my thoughts today have certainly been, and I know it's probably being mentioned on the run home with Hayes and Mardo, with young Red Bazzo. Uh, I knew his dad. I called many a Swan Districts match that Steve Bazzo played for Swan Districts. He did have stints, as we know, at West Perth and also at Peel Thunder. But he's considered a uh, legend at Bassendine Oval, still Blue Oval as it's known these days. Uh, and he died far too young, of course, from cancer. And the unthinkable happened on the weekend where Kylie Bazzo, the mother of Brett, lost her life in a boating accident down in Mandurah at the weekend. And even just last season, just gone regarding the West Coast Eagles, I was working with Scotty Cummings and I look forward to working with Scotty again in season 2023. And Scotty being a former Swan Districts player, uh, was good mates of Steve Bazzo and was very proud to see Red Bazzo go around when he made his debut for the West Coast Eagles last season and really showed some great growth and potential. And no doubt the West Coast Eagles be looking for him to increase that potential and go on to bigger and better things now in 2023. But this is just a tragic set of circumstances. He's now an orphan. He's lost both his parents. And uh, the young fellow will need to regroup with the support of his brothers and sisters and uh, no doubt his very close immediate family outside his mum and dad who are not with him anymore to try and mentally get over what is going to be a very, very tough period going forward. And I know the West Coast Eagles issued a statement today saying they are devastated by the loss of Kylie Bazzo, the mother of Rhett, in a boating accident on the weekend. The club's players, staff and board extend their deepest condolences to the Bazzo family and offering every support to Rhett, his sister Cameron and their loved ones. And the club asks that the privacy of Rhett and his family is respected during this extremely difficult time. It's very sad indeed. As I said, it's been at the top of my mind uh, since uh, the news was released. And I feel for the young fella having now lost both his parents and both of his parents going at a very young age. Uh, his mum was only 52 and, of course, Steve uh, was, I think, just a few years younger than that. Okay, let's move on. The tennis is on currently and the Australian Open. Uh, Alex Demonor and Novak Djokovic 
Djokovic has uh, broken Demonor. Demonor is serving at 2-5 down. And at the moment, uh, Djokovic has got break point in that game as well. So Djokovic is about to possibly, if he secures his break point, take the first set 6-2. So you look on face value, it's a pretty uh, commanding position from uh, the number one ranked player in this tournament in Novak Djokovic. And we'll keep a, a close eye on that. But the big one today was Rublev and Rune, uh, the Russian and the young Dane, the 19-year-old Dane. It was a five-set beauty. It really was. And in the end, uh, Rublev won 11-9 in a fifth-set tiebreaker. So an uh, incredible match, one of the feature matches of the tournament so far. And Andrei Rublev is through to the quarterfinals of the first Grand Slam of the year, the Australian Open. So we'll keep you up to date with the tennis. In fact, Djokovic has just secured the first set. He's taken it 6-2 against Alex Dimonor. I must admit, uh, I can't see Dimonor getting close. Uh, I know uh, for what it's worth, and I know the host broadcast and everybody connected in some way thought he may challenge Novak Djokovic. I always thought deep down that really Djokovic would have too much power. He'd have the tricks of the trade. And Alex, he hasn't really got a, a weapon, has he, when you look at it? He's a toiler. There's no question that everybody respects his endeavours and efforts on the tennis court. But when it comes to killer weapon, whether it be a forehand, backhand, serve, I'm not sure he's got that. And I think in the end, I think Novak Djokovic will expose that. And he has exposed that in the first set, taking it by six games to two. And just before we take a break and come back with Kate Harvey, the whacker head of performance, uh, to have a look at the Perth Scorchers and WA Cricket. Of course, you can jump on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736 or call 13 12 55. Bedshed, uh, experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. AU. Interesting that Alex Demonor's attempt to hype up the contest with a post to his Instagram account as he uploaded several photos alongside the caption, tomorrow, 7pm, RLA. It's a date. See you soon. His girlfriend, Katie Bolter, uh, the English lass, saw that and she says, who's RLA and why they taking you on a date? Of course, RLA is Rod Laverina. Rod Laverina. And, you know, Katie just didn't get it. She didn't get it. She thought, who is RLA? And she says, who's taking you on a date? Okay. Uh, former soccer star Milo Sajowski has given the task of steadying the unrest at MacArthur FC after Dwight York's swift departure from his head coaching role last week. Uh, there is speculation he may head over to Sydney FC and replace Steve Corico. He's having a pretty tough time of it with the Sky Blues, but no announcement has been made yet. And speaking with soccer, wild scenes unfolded during the Premier League clash between Aston Villa and Southampton overnight. Now, the contest, and this has never happened before, was brought to a standstill during the 40th minute after a drone was spotted flying above the pitch at the St Mary Stadium, which is Southampton's home ground. Now, the players from both sides were taken off the pitch and went back to their locker rooms as uh, the drone delay carried on. Now, after 10 minutes, the drone was cleared and the players were called back out of the locker rooms to resume play. YouTuber Ali Law, who's a popular prankster, seemingly 
claim responsibility for the incident. So there you go. That's all thanks to Tire Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at Tire Power. We'll have an Australian Open tennis update during the course of the program. As I mentioned, all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted, a pinnacle of engineering. Novak Djokovic has taken the first set 6-2 against Alex Demonor. 11 past uh, five. You're with Peter Vlahos here on Sports Day on this Monday. We'll talk Perth Scorchers next here on the program. Say with Peter Vlahos on this Monday, live from the Toolkit Depot studio. Great to have your company. Uh, we'll get to the SMSs in just a moment. You can join us on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Updating the six and three for 103. Patterson is on 12, Christian on seven. Uh, and uh, just a short time ago, Steve Smith was out for a huge 66. 33 balls, four fours, six sixes. It was almost a carbon copy of what the Perth Scorchers did at the start of their match here at Optus Stadium against the Melbourne Renegades uh, yesterday afternoon about this time. Off to an absolute flyer, ended up making 211 and in the end beat the Renegades. Bit of a cameo from Aaron Finch right at the end uh, by 10 runs, but they got the job done and will host the major final here Saturday night gets underway at 4.15 against the Sydney Sixers, but they've got to make sure that they keep Steve Smith in check. A man that's been heavily responsible in relation to the player stocks at the WACA, and in particular the Perth Scorchers squad, has been Cade Harvey. He's the WACA head of performance, and he joins us on the program now. Cade, thanks for your time. Welcome, Pete. I know in the end, uh, the season will be judged on whether the Perth Scorchers win the BBL 12 championship or premiership, whatever you like to call it. And the Scorchers have won it four times previous. But I'm looking at this squad here because pre-season or pre-tournament, not many really gave the Scorchers a chance. They were saying they'd be around the place, probably third, fourth around there, but not to finish top where they have finished at the end of the home and away fixtures. For me, this has been the most impressive Perth Scorchers squad in 12 BBL campaigns. Uh, your thoughts? Oh, I think that probably happens most years, Pete. The Scorchers tend to be, um, we've tended to be underrated ac- uh, across the journey of the whole BBL from the time that early on we were dad's army. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't think too much has changed there. People have probably underestimated or or probably not um, buried our ability to be able to continue to grow and evolve and build a, a group that was going to be successful. We had a hiccup, a, you know, three or four years ago where we struggled a little bit, but you know, over the journey of the Big Bash, we've been pretty consistent in being um, in being consistent. Probably the Sydney Swans of, of the AFL, where you feel like each year you're going to you're going to get your, see your team have a decent crack at it. So um, yeah, we're not too worried about about the external. Um, the external noise or the external the, the pundits, but um, you know we're certainly really pleased um, with how the boys have gone this year. We we internally probably you know T20 cricket's a tough game. We 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 sort of look at games one each year and, and we figure if we win ten games it gives us our best chance of being top two and from there on then we'll, we'll ride our luck. So mm. um, to win eleven games was really pleasing. Um, 
you know, the back end of the tournament um, for the last two weeks has been pretty tough on the on the players and the staff travelling. We've had six games in 12 days and a, and a fair few flights. So the boys were due a, a break over the next couple of days and, and be raring to go for um, for Saturday, having having earned the right to play at home, which we're really looking forward to, having been, you know, WA has been starved of this level of cricket for a little bit. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to Saturday. The thing that's made it really impressive for me, because you've relied on local talent, uh, I know, and we discussed, we have a brief, brief chat earlier today in, in setting up the interview this evening, is that the imports are there just to top it up. But you lost Laurie Evans, who was brilliant last season. Tymel Mills is also very handy. Phil Salt. And, of course, Mitch Marsh, who was ruled out for the season after ankle surgery. I'm not sure many franchise would be able to recover and do what the Perth Scorchers have done when you've lost four significant players like the ones I've just mentioned. Yeah, I suppose if you said to us in August that um, that none of your players that you took in the draft that we pre- prepared pretty pretty diligently for that um, none of them would turn up and play for us um, in the summer. You, you maybe thought one or two, but for all three not to be able to come and, and have to go to the market and, and, and bring some players in, you know, for, for reasonable roles. We obviously had um, Faf and, and Adam Lyles opening the batting for us. So, um, But, yeah, we, we've always really um, tried to build relationships with our overseas players and, and bring the right people into our program. So we felt like we were doing that with the three guys we went to at the draft and, and obviously had to try to do that um, when they weren't available. I think you're always prepared for, in some way, some injuries or, or a strained selection. You know, we've seen that Ashay go me some cricket with the Test match and and Jai Richardson um, with his hamstring. Mitch was a big blow. I think, um, you know, Mitch has been a really important player for us for a long period of time. So um, all those things seem to happen around the same time, particularly the Mitch one and the and the Phil Salt. So, um, look, we've always backed, um, you know, the guys that we've had sitting, maybe not within our best 11, but we've always, you know, felt like we've had the ability to bring young players into the group at the right time and, um, you know, get the team and the players to buy into a into a game plan and a and a role clarity that um, that means that you've you, you're able to stay competitive. And I think over the last couple of years, we've we've gone from playing in the final and losing to winning last year's final to having a great year. I think the boys amongst themselves, with AT as the captain, and um, have just got a great self belief in game. Um, and I think that holds us in in good stead, even when we're under the pump on uh, under the pump yesterday. You know, you sort of felt like um, you know someone would stand up and and play a role that um, that helped impact the game. And mm. that, that certainly feels like where the group's at. When you look at the squad, uh, there's been some real beacons, some shining lights. Now, Stephen Eskenazi came in, and he's an unusual character in the sense of his cricket pedigree, born in South Africa, spent time in England, played county cricket for Middlesex, plays for Claremont Netherlands. His parents live here, so he's got dual citizenship, of course, England and Australia. But you look at him, you look at Peter Hatsoglu, who, as we know, we brought in from uh, the Melbourne Renegades when he was uh, taken off their list. But apart from that, when you look at the Perth Scorchers, it very much is uh, locally uh, produced talent. And you look at some of the shining lights in that squad. Aaron Hardy elevated to number three. Everybody's talking about him now. And, of course, those Warriors that continue performing, the likes of AJ Ty and Jason Berendorf. It's a nice mix. Yeah, it is a nice mix. I suppose um, I think one thing that we've probably done in WA cricket, you know, in the time that Chris has been the CEO and JL's been the coach and Adam and myself and, and Ben Oliver in these roles, we've always been prepared to tread our own path. We've... We've always been, you know, happy to stick to our game plan and and not get too too caught up in what everyone else is doing. So, you know, when we passed on a platinum pick, <laughs> the only team to pass on a platinum pick um, <clears throat> at the draft, that was 
that was a little bit rogue and a little bit different, but we really felt strongly that that was the right move um, for us. So someone like a um, an Esky um, and a Peter Hatsker, they're our sort of guys, particularly Esky. I mean, he feels like a, a WA person, and he's just fitted in beautifully. And we knew when we lost um, Phil Salt and Mitch Marsh around the same time, we felt like we needed two players to cover that at the international level. And we had we had Steve in our backyard, and he's fitted in beautifully. He's not a big name in international cricket, but... Um, you know, he's fitted in beautifully and, and, and feels like a, a real scorcher. So we've always valued that. Um, Pete's, Pete's been great for us. Um, but outside of that, as you say, we're, we're a strong WA team. We've got um, 14 of our 18 players or 14 of our 15 players could be, um, could be, could be contracted as local players or all WA players. So um, mm-hmm. we feel like we've always been able to bring in some young guys like a Cooper Connolly playing and that's been Aaron Hardy before him and Ashton Turner before him. So we feel like we've been able to bring guys into our system really effectively to, that we're not throwing them to the wolves. We're giving them a chance to develop and not putting too much pressure on them too young. So um, that, that's something that we feel like we've done well over a long period of time. That's not something you do over weeks and months. Um, it takes a long time to build that. So um, we're really pleased with that model and, and, and hoping we can continue um, to be successful with it. Mm. When you look at it, Rocket Choley played for the Renegades. Sean Marsh from the Renegades. Joel Paris, by the way, has just picked up a wicket for the Hurricanes. He's a West Australian. Now, did you feel for David Moody yesterday? Uh, he would have been here at home, excited, playing at Optus Stadium. Uh, his family and friends would have been here. That was a cruel way uh, and a cruel card that was handed to him yesterday. Oh, it certainly was. And I think, you know, we've got, from a WA perspective, we've got 30 players on our state list. And I think, you know, 22 are playing in in other in, in BBL in the BBL competition, of which obviously 14 um, is with the Scorchers. We've got, you know, we've got eight other players that are playing in in other comps, and you know they're, they're our players. Um, and so you do ride the bumps. You know, there was there was even with Sean yesterday. You know, you sort of love watching Sean bat, but you don't want him to bat too well. But <laughs> you know, when something like that does happen to Moods, you you really feel for him. You know, he, he had a really good start when he got an opportunity this year with the Renegades, bowled really well in his first game, and his opportunities have been a bit mixed. And, um, yeah, we certainly feel for him. You know, in the same breath where uh, after the game we're, we're, we're putting an arm around him and, and, and talking to him about getting ready where he can for us to play a really important role in shield cricket for us. So all of our guys, regardless of where they play, are, are WA players 12 months of the year, and, and you certainly feel for him when, when one of them doesn't have a great day, um, and certainly in the circumstances. I suppose that Moose found himself yesterday. It's really unfortunate, and, and all of our blokes um, really felt for him. And um, yeah, no doubt we're. Um, I know a lot of them were having a chat with him after the game, so mm. um, he'll bounce back from that. But um, yeah, we certainly ride the performances of all our guys, wanting to see um, maybe outside of directly against us, but want to see him do well. And you look at some of the other players that certainly are playing with other franchise. Josh Philippi, of course, will be here on Saturday to open the batting with Steve Smith for the Sixers, and of course, as we know, the likes of uh, Darcy Short and Tim David will currently in action for the Hobart Hurricanes. So, as you mentioned, Kate, they're spread far and wide. Now, Ashton Agar won't be available. I know that he didn't play yesterday uh, because he's heading to India early. Reportedly, they're getting the spinners together early prior to this Indian Test Series. Yeah, that's my understanding, is they're getting them, um, they're getting them together in Sydney. Um, so there was the potential if we played uh, a game on Saturday and the game was in Sydney that, that Ash could play. I think you know, one of the really challenging things for for our players is, um, you know, the scorches isn't isn't um, isn't always the the biggest priority at a given moment in time. And you know, Ash left the group to go and play a, a test match in Sydney, and 
and a, and a test to to India for for Ash and where he's at in his career is just it's just so important. So um, we, we respect that he's um, he's got some um, some mixed goals, I suppose, for a period of time. But you know, we certainly felt like the opportunity for him to focus on um, uh, on getting himself right for India. You know, he hasn't played a lot of red ball cricket, and like I say, it's a big tour, a lot of scrutiny. So um, we're, we're supportive of him doing what and what CA want him to do to best prepare for that. And we we just felt like on the game yesterday, knowing that that was the scenario, that we were better off getting ahead of it and, and getting the guys into the team that are going to play those roles in the final. So um, we're OK with that. Um, Ash is comfortable with it. And um, as, again, we've, we, we tend to do, we, um, you know, you, you bat on and you um, you put a team out there that you've got absolute faith can, can get the job done. So, mm. yeah, in, in, in principle, we're comfortable with where it sits. Good stuff. And as we let you go, Cade, uh, it'll be a bumper crowd here at Optus Stadium on Saturday, the weather's going to be not too hot. In fact, it's going to be a beautiful day, the long-range forecast. So it was a good crowd here last night, over 30,000. Uh, there'll be a few more, no doubt, to coming to Optus Stadium for the big one on Saturday against the Sixers. You must be looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, it only took the first couple of games to, to realise what we missed out on in the last couple of years and what and what Dougway Cricket fans had missed out on is, um, you know, you, you sort of see 28, 30, 32,000, but it, but it feels like even more because the, the crowd just gets up and about and loves it. So the, the boys have missed that. Um, and as a fan of cricket, being at the game, we, we've certainly missed it. I, I like being down in the rooms with the boys and uh, and being part of the group. And um, um, But to see them back out at the... Uh, to see him back out on the stadium and, and getting the crowd up and about. And just the, just the, the engagement from the fans has been huge. So um, that's a big part of, uh, of who we are and our success is the passion of, um, you know, building the furnace back up and, and getting people into the ground. And, um, you know, I think there's been several, there's been plenty of big moments in the big bash so far where the crowd's played a big role in, in keeping the boys uh, up and about. So look forward to that again on the weekend. Hopefully, you know, a Saturday afternoon final against the Sixers. It's got the hallmarks to be a great game and a great occasion. So That'd be huge. Look forward to getting as many people out there as we can. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us, Kate Harvey, head of performance. It's exciting times down at the WAC. Uh, certainly the player talent is immense. It's the best that I reckon I have seen for a number of years. Thanks for your time, mate, and good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Pete. Cheers, mate. Good on you. Uh, 5.30, uh, Kate Harvey, the head of uh, high performance at the uh, West Australian Cricket Association, doing an outstanding job. And we've got so many good cricketers going around wearing uh, the gold and black at the moment. That is the Perth Scorchers in the orange. The Sheffield Shield team's going well. And we've got players, as we know, in the BBL 12, uh, sprinkled right around with the other franchise as well. And they are all important players. Let's just update the tennis before we change tack. Uh, as I mentioned, Demonor's finding it a bit tough uh, updating the tennis for you. All thanks to our friends at the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. It's a pinnacle of engineering. Uh, Djokovic took the first set 6-2, and he leads three love, and he's about to break Demonor for a second time in that second set to take four love lead. At the moment, it is uh, Demonor serving at 15-40, Djokovic leading three love, in the second set. So it looks like for me, it could be a straight sets exit for uh, Alex Demonor. All right, we're going to talk a bit of Perth glory. There was a fantastic story to be told on Saturday night. Uh, Adam Taggart left 
and went to Korea in what was very controversial circumstances uh, a couple of seasons ago to the point where the owner-chairman was very critical, Tony Sage, of Adam Taggart and his departure. He returned to play his first game back for the glory on Saturday night and was instrumental in getting uh, the glory over the Melbourne victory by three goals to one. He scored two goals after coming off the bench in the second half. We'll speak to him next here on Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. She's got a brace, as they call it these days, and the man is back in purple and back uh, scoring goals, and that's what he's paid to do. Adam Taggart, uh, congratulations. What a great uh, return to the team in purple on Saturday night. You must have been wrapped. Yeah, thanks very much. No, it was um, yeah, a fantastic team performance, and, yeah, personally, it was lovely to, um, you know, get back on the field in purple and, um, you know, put a couple away and, Help us get the three points. One appearance, two goals in your third homecoming back for the glory. It's probably the perfect way to start. It gives you, it gives the team, and it gives the supporters a great deal of confidence to go forward now for the remainder of this season. Yeah, that's it. I mean, wherever you go, it's always um, it always makes things a lot easier when you get off to a good start. So. You know, it's fantastic to be back, but, you know, in, in some aspects, it always feels like I've never left, um, you know, being the third time that I've been here. So, um, you know, it feels like home. And, um, you know, as soon as I got on the pitch, it, it, you know, just felt normal and comfortable again. So it was lovely to be out there and, um, you know, especially being at home in front of the supporters. Um, you know, it was fantastic. And, you know, all the boys worked really hard during the game and made it a lot easier for myself and the other boys who came on to, um, you know, try and make an impact. As a young boy playing at your youth career at ECU Joondalup, you might have played at that ground, Macedonia Park, maybe in uh, football, West State League football, all those years ago. And here you are now, back there again. It's a different feel because uh, it's improvised until you get back to HBF uh, Park. But what were your thoughts on the atmosphere there on Saturday night with uh, the crowd so close to you? Yeah, no, it's good. Um, it almost feels like... Uh you know, old English stadium um, with the fans being so close and um, sort of having that old look. So um, a lot of my mates and family that went there seem to really enjoy it as well, which is nice to hear. And um, I think as a player, always having the fans closer to the field, um, you know, is a lot more enjoyable. It just creates a bit of a better atmosphere. So, you know, definitely for the time being, it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice home for us. And obviously we've, you know, had a lot of good results. Um there in um, in recent times, so um, it's you know turning into a bit of a happy hunting ground for us, and 
you know, we'll look to continue that um, up until we're, you know, back at HPF. Yeah, you're still a young man. You're only 29 years of age. But, gee whiz, you've uh, played a lot of football in various parts uh, of the globe, of course, in Asia. You spent some time at Fulham. You went up to Scotland on loan and played with Dundee United. But saying that, going back in your second stint for the glory, uh, you left and went to the Brisbane Roar, and it caused a few headlines. And I know that Tony Sage, the owner-chairman, was... uh, not too happy about what transpired and said a few things, but I can tell uh, everybody listening in, uh, you're a guest at the chairman's function a few weeks ago and I interviewed you and, of course, you stepped down from the stage and you and Sage, you had a great embrace. So, no doubt, everything's all been uh, patched up since that time back in 2018. Yeah, yeah. No, we... um, Yeah, me and Tony spoke straight after... All that stuff came out and, um, you know, put that stuff to bed pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I'm sure everyone sort of understood um, where everyone was coming from and, you know, it's football, so you move on. And, you know, um, at the end of the day, now I'm back in in glory playing for my hometown club. Um, So it's, you know, it's fantastic to be back. And it's good to um, to see Tony still there and and doing well. So, you know, all's well there and... Um, you know, we'll, we'll look to, you know, continue the relationship and, you know, because we both want the um, both want the club to do as, as best as we possibly can. So, yeah, all good there. What do you think of the squad? Uh, you've come back and you've almost been like a good luck charm since you signed. Uh, the Glory have been on a pretty good run and here they are on 17 points just outside the top six. Your thoughts on the squad? Yeah, no, we've, you know, we've got a... Good um, bunch of young players and, and some really good senior players. So, um, you yeah, know, you just saw Jacob Dallas on, on the weekend and the game before that putting in some, some great crosses. And, um, you know, I've got the two experienced centre-halves who have, you know, been around the game for a long time, which is, you know, always important for your, um, you know, centre of defence. And Brian Williams, who's come back, has, has been fantastic, and, you know, especially on the weekend. So, you know, I think we've got a good mix of players. And, um, you know, for me... Especially, it's always nice to see the um, the local boys there, and a lot of them who I've you know grown up with and and are good mates with. Um, you know, so it's fantastic to be you know back playing with them, and um, yeah, you know, I think it's a nice mix of players, and you know, we'll all keep looking to um, to grow and and get better with each other. You played about three years abroad. You played in Korea and Japan. Uh, your thoughts on that experience? Yeah, no, it was a fantastic fantastic experience had two years in Korea and then two years in Japan um, you know so it was good to sort of experience both of those countries um, you know a few similarities uh, but a lot of differences as well um, you know very sort of different types of leagues and um, obviously the cultures are you know extremely different to ours as well so um, great learning experience um, you know it was great for my development and you know I've, I've come away with some some good stories some good memories and um you know, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of good times along the way. So, um, you know, it's def- definitely beneficial, and you know, I look back with fond memories. Are you here to stay now for a fair term? I think in the previous times you've been at the Glory, it's been a couple of seasons each time when you started your uh, A League career back. I think it was 2010, and then you're there for a couple of seasons before you went to the Jets, and likewise. I think a season or two for the glory before you went to the Brisbane Roar. Now at 29 years of age, are you here to try and maybe plant a few roots and stay for an extended period, do you think? Yeah, like that's that's the plan. Um, you know, Perth's my home and 
I love this place and I love the club. So, you know, I want to stay here as long as I can. And, um, you know, I think being at the age that I'm at, I sort of want to play my best football here and, um, you know, try and do something special with the club. It's, um, you know, something that's really important to me. So, yeah, I've got a bit of time to, um, you know, to try and play my part in, in, you know, helping us go as far as we can. And I'll keep pushing every day and and every year to, um, you know, to try and improve on that. So, you know, that's the plan. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been loving it since I come back. So, yeah, I've, I've got no no desire to leave at the moment. <laughs> so you're real, and this weekend you'll probably realise just what it's like to play for the Perth Glory because it is the long distance derby. Uh, on Saturday you'll be in Wellington. Uh, you'll take on the Wellington Phoenix, and you'll spend a whole day on the plane. It doesn't happen in many other leagues around the world. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I've done it a few times. Um, obviously, when I was here last and, um, you know, the first time I was here, it's definitely a difficult trip. And, um, you know, just Wellington in itself is, is a hard away game for anyone. So, um, you know, it definitely, um, you know, gives us a bit of a challenge, um, you know, but I know that the whole squad and, and you know, the, the club are really expecting us to go over there and, and make sure that we don't waste such a such a big trip and such a big travel. Um, you know, so, so we need to go over there and, and um, you know, look to make the most of this um, opportunity and challenge and, you know, take it, take it by the scruff of the neck and, you know, see if we can get the three points. And as we let you go, are you surprised how well, poor uh, Melbourne Victory are at the moment in relation to results? They're sitting at the bottom of the A-League ladder. Uh, Tony did come out and call it the Perth Glory B-side for a bit of tongue-in-cheek. Uh, your thoughts on why perhaps it's not working for them? Oh, look, it's a hard one to say, but I guess at any football club or any football team, there's there's so many different factors that, that play a part, and, and that's why um, football and winning and, and success in, in sport is, is so difficult because, um, you know, do, anyone can obviously come up with whatever they want, but at the end of the day, there's, there's always a lot of factors, and it's always hard to sort of decipher exactly what's what's the problem. Um, you know, they've obviously got a top coach. They've got some top players. Um, so I'm sure they, you know, they won't last long down there. Um, they're obviously a big club with, with a lot of pressure on them and, and everything like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the, the position they're in now won't, won't be forever mm. because, you know, the, the, the calibre of players and, and the coach that they have. So, yeah. Well, Jack Clisby's copped a too-much ban, so has Chris Economides. Of course, they were both sent from the field uh, at the weekend, so you won't be without Jack for a couple of weeks, uh, depending on whether the uh, the Perth Glory take it to the appeals board. So we'll have to wait and see there. Bit of fire and brimstone uh, in that match on Saturday night. It was a warm night and was pretty hot on the pitch as well. Thanks for joining us, uh, Adam. Uh, great to have you back. That was a, a tremendous welcoming for everybody that has been a supporter of your footballer for many years and certainly the Perth Glory supporters have been heartened with what they saw. Keep scoring them and thanks for your time. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Good on you. Adam Taggart joining us here on Sports Day with Peter Vlahos uh, here for, live from the Toolkit Depot studio. We'll take a break. We're here for Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. It's a fantastic vehicle. Uh, check it out. Uh, back with more after these.
Great to have your company on this Monday here on Sports Day. Heard Monday to Thursday between 5 and 6, uh, wherever you may be, on 657 SEN. Also on Spirit, uh, 621 through Bunbury and the South West. SEN 1116 in, or 1611 actually, in Kalgoorlie uh, and through the gold field on digital radio, DAB Plus, SEN Peel, or on the SEN WA app. Just updating the cricket, the Sixers are seven for 170 in the final over. So they've done well, the Hurricanes, to to reel them in after Steve Smith smashed 66 of uh, 32 balls to get them off to a similar start to what the Scorchers had the Renegades uh, last night. So it's 771, four balls remaining. Uh, Meredith is bowling and Abbott and Henriques are at the crease. In the tennis, uh, Alex Dimonor, no match at this stage for... Novak Djokovic, the number four seeded Djokovic, took the first set 6-2 and took the second set 6-1. And he's already got a break uh, pending in the first game of the third set. Dibinor is serving in game one of the third set and it's 15-40. So Djokovic has a chance to break in the first game. You think if that happens, uh, that is game, set and match. You're winning straight sets. Uh, Novak Djokovic looking in ominous form at this point in time. Speaking about uh, the Australian Open tennis, there's been a lot of conjecture regarding the late matches, the late starts for the evening sessions, which leads to some matches, as we know, concerning Andy Murray and others during the course of the week, finishing at 4 o'clock in the morning, that Andy Murray-Thanasi Kokonakis match in particular. And there's been some criticism from the players. And Nat Methurst, actually, on the Ladbrokes Lounge, being a professional sports person, said on Saturday morning it compromises their recovery because the match would have finished at 4 o'clock. They probably got home at 5 o'clock in the morning. They're so hyped up, they won't be able to go to sleep. And uh, all of a sudden, your recovery is completely compromised in relation to your next match. And Andy Murray mentioned that. He went back to the hotel, couldn't sleep, so he decided to go back to Melbourne Park and hit a few balls in preparation for his next match. Firstly, Craig Tiley, the CEO of the Australian Open and Tennis Australia, said this about the late starts. Yeah, well, it's not ideal having a, the, 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 the very early um, a finish, like the 4am when uh, when Andy Murray finished this year. And, and, uh, and similarly, we had one about 12 years ago. So yeah, we've had two really late finishes in the last 15 years. And uh, and then and we've had many finishes that have gone early. There's, mm. there's so many variables that go into scheduling. And uh, we're over two weeks. We... we uh, uh, 25 sessions. We have three stadium courts with the roof, and another 16 courts. And and to fit the matches in in the time that is required, uh, because we have mixed doubles, doubles, uh, of course the juniors, um, and then and then the, the qualifying in the main draw. There are a lot of players, and there's a lot of tennis to be played. And if you have a little bit of a disruption, like we did this uh, this year on Tuesday with extreme heat, and then four stoppages of rain, and a full day of rain, it puts you behind. And interestingly. We still have not caught up from those interruptions. We've still got two matches to catch up. Uh, so it takes took us about five or six days to catch up. So there's so many variables that go into it. It's not that straightforward. And, and, uh, and you know, we've got a team of people that have been doing it for, for many years. And, and uh, we always look at it, though. We always take the feedback of the players. And we'll go and debrief when we do after the event. But it doesn't necessarily always mean that we can change. And, and in, in many ways, we've, we've got a system that works, but we'll again, we'll always look at it.
And finally, for New Farm Australian through and through, let's check the weather for Perth tomorrow. Dropping to a low of 19 tonight, up to 32 tomorrow. And in Bunbury, it's up a maximum of 34 tomorrow. Thanks to New Farm's products, they're formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm Australian through and through. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, thanks, Lee. That's been Sports Day for this Monday. I'll be back again from 5 tomorrow. Enjoy your Monday night, everybody. See you tomorrow.